during worship here, I was just thinking about um, something I've been reading in a book lately. Um, this guy say, says that there's three big reasons for fear. One of them is control. One of the reasons we have fear, which comes in stress or worry, you know, is just wanting to have control over things. And when we don't feel like, when things are kind of getting out of control a bit, we get worried or stressful, we get fearful. And that's just not something, that's not the spirit of the Lord. That's not something the Lord wants for us. And I feel like this morning as we're singing about making room for, for you, Lord, and to do what you want to, that requires letting go of, let, you know, loosening your grip, letting go of something, letting go of some control of something in your life. And it could, sometimes we're just dealing with something and we could just let the Lord have it, but there's some reason we just want to, we, we don't want it, but we want it at the same time. But other times it's just that we have an idea or we have a dream and we are going to be the ones that make it happen. Whatever it be, our finances, our, our, our relationships, literally you name it, every one of us in this room may have something this morning that we're, we just refuse to loosen our grasp on, loosen our grip on. And the Lord this morning is saying, make room for me. Make room for me. Loosen that grasp so that I can work, so that my spirit can enter in. Like, almost like that grasp, that grip is locking the door to a breakthrough that the Lord has in your life. So this morning, God, we just, just say out of your own mouth, I, I loosen my grip. I give you control. Hallelujah. Literally, the thing that God did first for us was he gave us the free will. He gave up control. Isn't that amazing? The most powerful, the one who deserves to have the control gave it up. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that really fascinating? Yet in our situations, for, think of how many situations you've been through throughout your life where you're like, oh man, well that was small. If I would have just... You know, but God, with the whole big picture of the universe, gave up control. And we, in our situation, are holding on to it so dearly. I, I believe there's something. So just in this room, say, thank you, God, for giving up control. Today, I give it back to you. Hallelujah. I give you the control. Hallelujah. Just in your own words, tell him that you can have your way. I, I'm making room for you. I'm laying aside all of what I think should happen. I'm laying aside all of what I'm able to do. I'm laying down my control over this situation, Lord. Take control of it. Work in it. Move into that situation. Thank you, Lord. Just let his spirit inhabit that place in your heart, whatever that is. Amen. Why don't we say hello to someone and we're going to move on. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am going to take offering today just to make everybody go, what, what, what's going on here? Uh, so if ushers want to stand, if you need a envelope, you're giving cash, there, you can just raise your hand there and checks can be made to Destiny Church. And they'll put something on the screen there, some different ways to give. Um, I just want to read a couple verses. <clears throat> Genesis 26, 1 through 3. A Severe famine now struck the land as had happened before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gerar. Sounds good, right? Gerar, does that seem right? Where Abimelech, the king of Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. 
And I hereby confirm that I will give you all the lands to you and your descendants, just as I solemnly promised Abraham, your father. And then jumping down, Genesis 26, 12, and it said, When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. <clears throat> so the beginning of that chapter, there was a famine, which means there is no, you don't get in a crop that year. So just sit home, starve, eat as little as you can because you ain't getting nothing from the land. Just, we're suffering, okay? So save the crop, don't sow it, eat it. Do you hear me? You don't sow it that year because there's a famine. Eat it, save it, scrounge, eat bugs, I mean, whatever, but don't plant the seed because it's your only food because there's a famine. But the Lord said, no, I'm going to bless you. And so Isaac took a risk. He was obedient to God and he took a risk and he said, I'm going to plant it this year. And God honored his obedience and he got a hundred times what he planted. When everyone else was suffering. That's a, a word for you today. Listen, you will not suffer if you're obedient to God. I hope you can mix that with faith. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 7, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You always harvest what you plant. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. Even now, I believe, you might disagree with me, but even now I think God makes seeds grow. Every seed, when a farmer puts that, that seed could grow or not grow based on God, I think. The, they even know that there's God, they don't even know what holds the whole universe together. They're like, I don't even know why. Why things work the way they do. They, they dig deeper and deeper, but there always is this thing, this element of unknown. It's because God. God's the one who brings the increase. God will increase in your life if you're obedient to him. And the last verse that came to mind today was Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Amen? Let's just pray over this offering, this seed. God, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us seed. You've put it in our hands. And Lord, in this hour, in this season, when people are in fear, we will trust you. And God, we just declare that you will get the glory. That your name will shine. God, your name will be brought above all other names, Lord. God, we just declare that your kingdom will spread through this world. We thank you, Lord. We are going to be the people that trust you and sow. And you said you will bring increase and a harvest to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ushers, if you want to pass the buckets there. A few announcements. If you'd like to be baptized, there's a sign-up in the table, in the foyer. The youth are meeting every Wednesday at Destiny Fitness, the upper doors, at, what time is that at? Six? Six? Okay, six o'clock. Um, and then Ryan has an announcement here. We have a day camp coming up, ages four through seven. They'll be here at the church, so ages 4 through 7 for the kids here at the church, August 18th through the 19th um, at 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. So 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. There's a lot of information about this, but August 18th through the 19th. And Ryan is looking for tents. There's a theme that he's going to use, tents, um, just camping tents. So if you have any of those, you could talk with Ryan. He's looking for, so this is called Woodland Wonder Day Camp. We'll be here at the church, and the topic is faith. Um, so, all right, that sounds good. And then, just like always, if you have any questions or uh, you need to...
to change information. This says Teresa, but you're going to be in there, yeah. But like I said, they're the same person. They both know everything, so either one, find them. And Alrighty. I think that's all of our announcements. Praise God. God's good, amen? How many glad you're alive today? Beats being dead, right? Well, um, this morning, uh, I just want to make one more announcement that on uh, Saturday morning, this coming Saturday morning, uh, we're going to be having a men's prayer meeting uh, from 7 to 8. And this is strictly a prayer meeting. It's not like a Bible study or a church service. It's just a prayer meeting. It's just for the men. I came across this verse in 1 Timothy where it said, uh, Paul said, I would that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. And the interesting thing about it is um, the word, most of the time in the Bible, when the Bible says men or man, it's referring to mankind, everybody, uh, people. But in, there is a Greek word for men, just men. It's, it's, I think it's aner or something like that, A-N-E-R. You don't care, but, um, but, but so in this verse here in Timothy, 1 Timothy 2, it's when I, he says, I, I will that men pray everywhere. It's that word, men. And um, I thought it was interesting, you know, women have, it seems like they have an easier time praying or they're more geared that way or I'm, I know I'm making a broad swipe and it's probably not right to do that. But, um, but so I, I just felt like we should, us men should pray and we pray in the spirit. That's with tongues and we sing and we pray with the understanding and we sing with the spirit. And we sing with the understanding, but it's one hour from seven to eight o'clock. Uh, sun, uh, Saturday morning. So this coming Saturday, we don't have it every Saturday. We try to have it every other week. And so if you're a man would like to come this coming Saturday at seven o'clock, we'll be here. Just want to uh, uh, give you the opportunity to pray. Um, this morning, I asked Linda if she would share the word. And um, because we are doing a little emphasis on prayer, Linda has been our prayer uh, spearheaded the prayer ministry in the church here for decades, and she is a prayer warrior. And uh, she uh, has prayed, and I trust Linda, you know, like, um, I'll say, what do you think God is saying, Linda? And she, she and, and some really hard, di difficult times, I'll say, well, Linda, what do you think God's saying? And even when I thought differently, she said, I believe God's saying this. And uh, actually, she's always, almost, I can't think of a time she hasn't been proven to be right, but she's a spiritual lady, She's been the heartbeat of this church, uh, has had the heart of this church, and prayed for all of you more than you will ever know. And uh, we appreciate her so much. She's been here for 35 years or something like that. She, she also is the treasurer here and the secretary, but she's really a woman of God, and I appreciate her so much. I just want to say one thing, because sometimes people wonder about women preachers. You know, should women preach or should women speak? And, um, you know, the Bible says that there is, in Christ Jesus, there's neither male nor female. And uh, the thing is, is that God gives people gifts, and he doesn't really ask us if, if it's okay with us. He just does it. And, uh, and so uh, Paul oftentimes lists women that he called his, his uh, co-laborers. And he would recommend women like Phoebe. And, and then in, like, the book of Acts, uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Is it Ananias? No, it's not them. Who, who is it? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, it's two, two, uh, a husband and wife a team that he traveled with a lot. And uh, her, she's mentioned first, which is always means she's the principal speaker. And, uh, and so, anyways, uh, we believe in women preachers. We believe God gives women gifts to preach. And so we can learn and we can draw from them. And so would you give Linda Wellman a good hand clap as she comes up? Wow, I don't know if I can live up to all that. <laughs> but thank God, God is good, amen? God is good, and um, he's, he's a life changer. And I'm so thankful so thankful thankful first of all for this opportunity to share the word but so thankful for the church and the church family here uh, I don't know where I'd be today without um, being here at this church 
for myself and my children because when I came to this church, I was pretty much a mess. I mean, I was a real mess. And, um, you know, years of going through years of abuse and different things that I had gone through in my life. But, but God, but God, I mean, God, God changes our lives. When we yield ourselves to him, he comes. When we surrender to him, he will come and he will make the changes on the inside of us that need to be made. And he will take us where we need to go as a, as a person and as a family. So um, I just want to, mostly what I want to talk to you about today is prayer. You know, without prayer, I remember, uh, was it uh, Smith Wigglesworth, I, said, I think, said, without prayer, God can do nothing. He gave us the power and authority. He gave, he, he gave us that assignment, really, to do what he, he can't do. So if he can't move unless we do our part. So we need to do our part in prayer. And so, you know, last week Jeremy talked about the fact that when we accept Jesus as our, as our Savior, we're born again, we're in Christ, and we, but then we have to grow up. We have to grow up. And sometimes, you know, sometimes that's painful even to think about growing up. But, we, you know, in children, you think about how we have, to, they, we have to be disciplined. We have to discipline children. Jeremy talked about disciplining Benji. And, and, but, but God disciplines us, right? He disciplines us. And sometimes he corrects us. There's things that need to change in our lives. And especially when we first get, get saved, we have to get our mind renewed with the word of God. And the Holy Spirit comes and helps us, and you hear the word, and that's another th reason it's so important to come to church and be in this corporate setting, because there's, a, there's an anointing here to help to change our minds. And as the word comes forth, it's an anointed word, and, so, um, and it brings correction and it brings change into our lives and so anyway so last week when Jeremy talked about that and he said he talked about Jesus when he told the disciples that he was leaving and that it would be better for them that he left because the Holy Spirit would come to live in them so it would be better for them if Jesus left and sometimes, you know, so we have the Holy Spirit we have the Holy Spirit in John 14 26 it says but the, the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, stand by the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things, and he will re help you remember everything that I have told you. That's John 14, 26. He will teach you all things. And that's something when I first came here, uh, I remember Pastor Steve probably preaching about that, about how the Holy Spirit would teach us. And I just said, Holy Spirit, I need to learn some things. There's a lot of things that I don't know. For one thing, I didn't know how to be a mother. I didn't know how to be a wife because of the way I was raised. And so I just began to cry out to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, teach me. Teach me how to be a mother. Teach me how to be a wife. Teach me your ways. I want change in my life. And you know what? He's faithful. He's faithful to bring those changes about. And my life changed so much <laughs> a few years back. I mean, I didn't realize. You know, you don't realize you're, you're in a process. We're all in a process until we get to heaven, right? We're all in a process. We're not going to arrive until we get there. Uh, but it's a process of growing and changing, and, and I didn't realize how much, I had, how much my life had changed. And I had a friend stop over. I hadn't seen her maybe for about 10 years or so, and uh, I think probably used to party together and whatever. And so she stopped over for coffee one day, and we were sitting at my table visiting, and all of a sudden she goes, you are not you. And I went, oh, Okay. I said, well, I'm sorry, did I say something wrong? She goes, no, but you are not the same person that I knew. I said, <laughs> so then I, I said, praise God. And I, <laughs> and I said, I said, well, you know what happened to me? And so I got to share Jesus with her. And at my kitchen table, I got to lead her to the Lord and got to pray with her to be spirit-filled so that her life could change too. Amen. And so that's what it's all about. When we get our lives changed, 
We need to, you know, we, we need to stay filled up so that when we're filled up, we can go and pour out to someone else. Because you know what? There's a lost and dying world out there that needs what we have. Every one of us here have the answers to what's needed out there in this lost and dying world. And so, so the Holy Spirit brings the increase. The Holy Spirit brings the, the change in our lives. He's our teacher. He's our teacher. He's all of those things. He's our helper. I cannot imagine living life without him. I, cannot, I can't imagine living life without him. You know, after having him for 35 years and growing and increasing and, and having him teach me different things and change my life, I mean, I don't know how people live in this world today without the Holy Spirit, without having a relationship with Jesus Christ and having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit isn't an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. You can talk to the Holy Spirit. He's my best friend. The Holy Spirit is my best friend. I talk to him all the time. My, my husband five years ago went to be with Jesus. And so now the Bible says that he is a husband to the husbandless. And so I remind him about that. You know, if I have a problem, I say, okay, Jesus, Holy Spirit, my husband's up there with you. So you're my husband. I need this thing fixed. Or I need, you know, I need an answer to this problem. And you know what? It comes. The answer comes because he's faithful. He is a faithful God and he's a faithful faithful Holy Spirit. So anyway, once we get born again, that's just the beginning of our Christian walk. That's just the beginning. We have our that's where, you know, we have our ticket to get into heaven. But what's next? What is it that God wants us to do next? God has a plan and a purpose for each one of our lives. And so that's where we have to find out, God, what is, what is my purpose here on this earth? And I, you know, uh, and I think praying in tongues and, and you know, yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit, he will give you, he will show you the direction that he has for your life. And so, um, but we have to grow up. So when we, we, first of all, we grow up physically, but then we have to grow up spiritually. We have to grow in the things of God. And he, the Holy Spirit is here to help us to grow. It says, like I said, it says that he will teach us all things. He is our friend. He is a person. We can talk to him. We can have a relationship with him. And you know, sometimes I know for myself, sometimes I get, I talk and I talk and I talk and I don't listen. You know, it's another thing that we need to listen. We need to stop and go, okay, now what do you want to say? <laughs> you know, instead of, you know, because it's a conversation. He is a person. And so uh, we need to listen to what, to his direction. And so, uh, so anyway, so we need to grow up spiritually. You know, for myself, I was born again when I was about, I think I was about eight years old, over in a little, full, I think it was a full gospel church over in Herman called the Church of God. And I had an aunt, a spirit-filled aunt, who took me to church, and so I got born again there. But I had no, then later on in life, when I got to be a teenager, my dad decided that I had to be a Methodist, and my mother and dad, they couldn't decide what to be because my mother was German Lutheran, my dad was Methodist, and so they said, well, you kids can decide for yourself. But then it came to one day, and I had to change, all that changed, and anyway, and so I ended up, but I never grew. I never grew spiritually. I knew, I knew Jesus, and I knew, you know, I, didn't, I really didn't know how to pray. I didn't really know a whole lot about the Bible. But, um, but once I got to this church, everything changed when I got uh, spirit-filled and rededicated my life to the Lord. Because, you know, sometimes we, there's backslide, we backslide, we give up on the things of God, and we go the wrong way, we go into the world, and well, we have to come back. And you know what? And I believe that, that it's a time for backsliders to come back into the kingdom. Amen? Come back into the kingdom. And so, anyway, so I was, like I said, I was born again when I was about eight years old. But I didn't get spirit-filled until I was in my 30s. After I met my husband and he was, spirit, he was coming to this church and he was spirit-filled. And he, he uh, kept, kept on until finally I said, okay, we can go to that church. And uh, the rest is history. I've been here ever since. But it took about, I think, I, was, I think we were married for about a year, and, he, and I was refusing to uh, come, to, come here. But, but God, right? But God. God, and I know, I know Gary kept calling Trish and saying, Trish, pray for my wife. <laughs> Please pray for my wife. And so I think Trish did a lot of praying for me back in the day. <laughs> um, 2 Corinthians 3.5 says, 
Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as being from ourselves, but our efficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And so we need to have the spirit of God. The letter of the word kills, it's, it's, it dries up. You know, have you ever known somebody that can quote the Bible and quote the Bible and every, I mean, they just know the whole Bible, but it's like, ugh, it just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. And uh, I, years ago, there was a guy that came to our Bible study, and he was like, I mean, he could quote the Bible, he knew the verses just like this, and I, I was always thinking, what is wrong? It just doesn't have the life. Well, he needed the Spirit of God. He needed, he needed to get filled with the Holy Spirit, and so, um, so anyway, we need to pray, we need to press into God. God. God is not in control in this world. We are. He gave us power and authority to rule and to reign on the earth. And so we do that through prayer. There is an enemy that we have to defeat, right? There is an enemy out there that we have to defeat. And he wants to hold us back. He does not want us to go forward. He does not want us individually to go forward in our spiritual walk, and he doesn't want us to go forward as a church. And But you know what? He's defeated. He is under our feet. and so. We, but we have to do our part. We have to take the authority that God has given us. Luke 10, 19, it says, Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. And so the, it's so important that we know our authority, that we know who we are in Jesus Christ, and we use the authority that God has given us. I don't know about you, but I've gone through times where I've become complacent. You know, I just become, uh, you know, well, it's, everything, is, everything seems like it's going okay. We'll just kinda, we're just kind of treading water here. It's, it, everything's good. And so you just kind of become complacent. And I think that's a plan of the enemy to keep us where we're at spiritually. Because when we come into those times of complacency, we're not growing. We're not growing. We're not going on with God. And so I don't know, but I think we need to repent of being complacent. I, I, I did that. I, I repented of being complacent. God, I don't want to be complacent. I want to be on fire for you. I want to I give you my life. I want to lay my life down so that others can come into the kingdom. I want to see, see the hand of God move in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, uh, so God's given us authority. And what is authority? It's delegated power. It's delegated power. Just like a policeman, if the, you know, if the policeman is going to behind you and you've been speeding and you see that light, you better stop because he has authority. Otherwise, you'll be charged with resisting arrest. <laughs> and, so, and so anyway, that's the authority that God has given each one of us. We have that delegated authority, but we have to use it. We have to use the authority that he's given us. And so, um, so I just want to really encourage you today to begin to take, take that authority. You know, when, when things are not going the, going the right way, it's probably a demon that's attacking you. We're being attacked by the enemy to hold us back from what God has. Ephesians 6.10, it says, Paul said, Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. We need to use that authority that we have been given in order to walk in freedom. He says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You know, not in our own power, not in our own strength. We can't do it. But God's given us grace, his ability to do what we can't do. And boy, I'm, I'm reminding him of that a, a lot, too, because I get to a situation. I say, God, I don't know what to do with this situation. I need your grace here. And you know what? I get the answer because I know the Holy Spirit. He's my friend. I can get a hold of him. I can ask him. I can talk to him. <clears throat> In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. And so the, so the, the lost, their eyes are blinded. And so, but we have authority 
to take the blinders off their eyes. With, the, with our words, we say, in the name of Jesus, I command the blinders to fall from that person's eyes. In Jesus' name, we take our authority in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Right? There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, Ephesians 6.12 says, your, your hand, this is the, the uh, Passion Translation, your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings. Or in other words, we don't fight flesh and blood. But with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms, for they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Think of that. Think of that. And, but God has given us the power and authority to take it, we need, but we have to do it. We have to take our power, and we have to use the power and authority that he's given us and take authority over those demons so that we can live in freedom because the, the devil has the world in bondage. I don't know about you, but I was in bondage before I got saved. I was in bondage, really, before I got uh, spirit-filled. And once I got spirit-filled, my life totally turned around totally and it wasn't I mean it wasn't like overnight it's taken you know it took time where because like I said we're all in a process of growing in the things of God just like we grow up physically we grow up spiritually and so it's a it's a process but thank God we stay in the process that and that's the that's the key is to stay in the process don't give up don't back down but keep in stay in the word of God stay in prayer keep coming to church and you know what you'll you'll grow pray in tongues and you're gonna grow fellowship with the right right kind of people um, So, we're, so, it, so like I said, we're in a battle, but God has given us weapons to fight with. He's given us a lot of weapons to fight with. Faith is one of them. We have the full armor of God that he's given us. And so we have to remember to pick, pick up our, our shield of faith. You know, uh, nine years ago, when I, I was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, and the doctor told me, well, you know, pretty much it was, you're not going to make it. It's really serious. It's very very aggressive and and whatever and I put up my shield of faith right there with that doctor I said no I choose to believe the report of the Lord and he says I'm healed and you know what <laughs> that doctor that doctor got kind of upset with me because I didn't I didn't break down and cry I didn't get upset I just said no this is what God's word says he, by his stripes I'm healed um, and so anyway I just I just, the doctor got upset she said you are in denial. And she stayed in my room for quite a while telling me, you are in denial. I said, no, I am not in denial. The, the report of the Lord says I'm healed. And so that's, that's the way it's going to be. Well, anyway, so, but I prayed. So then I prayed. I said, well, God, how are you going to take me through this journey? Because I knew, you know, I couldn't just ignore it. I had to do something. And so anyway, so um, in prayer, I got um, to, I, I was looking for something in more natural treatment, and I found a place in Scottsdale, Arizona called, uh, no, I can't remember what the name of it was, but anyway, uh, there was a clinic in Scottsdale, Arizona that did uh, natural healing for cancer, and so I had looked it up, on the, and I was, you know, checking it out and whatever, and, and I said, well, God, I need confirmation. If this is really where I'm supposed to go or what I'm supposed to do, you need to, you know, give me confirmation. About that time, Matt and Tracy walked into my hospital room over there, and Matt goes, Matt says, Mom, you can't stay here. You have to go to Scottsdale, Arizona to, I can't remember the name of the clinic, but no, it wasn't Oasis. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, I can't remember the name of it right now. No. Anyway, it was a clinic down in Scottsdale, Arizona. I went, and the rest is history. When I came back. I had to. I still had to come back and have surgery. But when I had surgery, the doctor. I had four doctors tell me, "You are a very unusual case." <laughs> I said, uh, and my answer was, "Yes, I serve a very unusual God," and I, I was able to witness to the doctors. But um, but anyway, it, the. The tumor had gotten totally encased with good tissue, and so the doctor told me, I, the, the surgeon said, I'm 99% a, a sure I got it all. 
And so, but he said, but you better see the uh, oncologist. And so I went to see the oncologist and the oncologist said, well, you really should have maybe six, six months, I think he said, of chemotherapy. I looked at him and I said, no. I said, what are you treating? And he said, well, just in case. I said, no, I'm not treating just in case. No, no thanks. And so, he, so then he said, well, you better see the radiologist anyway, the radiation doctor. I said, well, okay. So I went to see the radiation doctor and that doctor, it took him a long time to come in and he says, I wanted to see where your journey has taken you. And he said, I, he said, I have never in my career said this to anyone before, but I do not recommend any more further treatment for you. He said, you are a very unusual case. <laughs> so that's, but that's God, that's God. God is good. God is good, and he's our healer. And you know, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. He'll do it for your relatives. He'll do it for your friends who are going through a battle. And it's a battle. It's a battle. But we go through because Jesus, Jesus is our, he's our there. He's our helper. He's our advocate. He's our healer. He's our savior. You know, salvation is all-inclusive. It includes healing. It includes healing. It includes freedom. And it, it's all-inclusive. It includes it, it includes provision. He's our provider. So um, John 14, 18, it says, I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. And he says, soon I will leave this world. They will see me no longer, but you will see me because I will live again, and you will come alive too. When, so when this so when that day comes, you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. And so we can have the Holy Spirit living in us. And it says, I like what he said there, you will come alive. And I thought, you know, once you get the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you come alive. There's life, it's changing. It's life changing to be filled with the Holy Spirit and use that gift that God's given you. Of course, you could, you know, uh, you pray and some people I know I've seen I've talked with people they oh yeah I got that gift once but they don't use the gift they had it once they came to the came and had somebody pray over them they got the gift of tongues they prayed once in tongues and then they never did it again no you have to keep on you have to it's a for me it's a I don't know it's it's life I mean, I pray in tongues a lot. I walk, I'm here at the church just about every day. I'm praying, walking down the halls, praying, sitting at my desk, praying in tongues. I mean, it's power in praying in tongues. And so I just really want to encourage you today to um, use that gift that God's given you. God's given us a powerful gift. And, you know, the other thing that the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the praying in tongues, I believe it's the, the, the doorway into the supernatural. And you know the days that we're the days that we're living in, we need the supernatural. Amen. We need the supernatural. I don't know. I mean, it seems like everything is changing in our world. I mean, everything is changing. But but God doesn't change. Thank God he doesn't change. And so no matter what, we have something that's unchangeable. It's him. But we have to yield ourselves to him, and we have to use the gifts that God's given us. And so I, once I got spirit-filled, once I had, I mean, once I started out speaking in tongues, I don't know, it's just increase. It'll increase. As you use the gift, you get more. It'll increase and increase and increase. And, and you know, you just have more desire to do it. Even on your job, you can walk, you can be on your job praying in tongues, right? You can pray in tongues on your job. You, and you don't have to, it doesn't have to be loud and noisy or whatever, but you can, you know, it's, it's, there's power in praying in tongues. And I, I just want to look at, um, let's see here where I'm at. Um, Kenneth Hagin uh, he's a, was a great teacher of the Word of God. And uh, I've read, I think I've read most all of his books. And he's, he's got several of them. And I, I've, I've even found them now online. They're on PDFs. And so you can go in there and read them right online. And so um, the one I've, I've been kind of looking at recently is the, uh, hit the authority. The authority of the believer. That is a powerful book. And I just want to encourage you to get that book and read it and read it and do it. 
Use it. It's all, you know, it's all scriptural based. It's, he's, he quotes, I mean, he's got scripture after scripture, and then he gives his uh, teaching on it, which is powerful. It, it's really, really encouraging. And so I just want to encourage you to get that book. And like I said, I think you can find it right online. Just Google it. What I did is I Googled uh, Kenneth Hagin, um, The Authority of the Believer, and I think there's a PDF of it right online. So you don't even need to buy the book, but it's right there. But anyway, I want to look at uh, some things here that praying in tongues does for our lives. Well, first of all, how to, fi how to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I know you can, get, you can get filled with the Holy Spirit by yourself, in your prayer time, uh, whatever. All, it's simple. It's just asking the Holy Spirit to come. Once you're born again, you can ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill you up and give you the evidence of speaking in tongues. But sometimes it takes more than that. Um, there might be things, something that's blocking it. And so, so there's a laying on of hands in Acts uh, 8.14. Let's see, when the it says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had accepted God's message of life, they sent Peter and John to pray over them so that they would receive the Holy Spirit. For they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and were yet to have the Holy Spirit fall upon them. And so there's a baptism in water. There's several baptisms. There's baptism in fire. There's baptism in the body. There's baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so, um, so as soon as P Peter and John arrived, they laid their hands on the Samaritan believers, and one after another, and the Holy Spirit fell and filled each one of them. And so there they laid their hands on them, and that's, that's how I received the Holy Spirit. I had someone lay hands on me, and uh, pray over me to receive the Holy Spirit. And then they prayed in tongues, and then so did I. And that's it, it, but it's simple to receive that gift. And then, but then the thing is to use the gift that God's given you. And so I, I just want to look at uh, 10 reasons to pray in tongues or pray in the Spirit. And again, this is teaching from, uh, from Kenneth Hagin. But first of all, the reason number one, tongues is the initial sign of or the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, in uh, Mark 16, 17, it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak with new tongues. And so I just want you to see that it's very biblical that we do that we have this gift. Uh, so speaking with tongues is an in initial supernatural sign or the evidence of the Spirit's, the Holy Spirit's indwelling. It's the beginning of it all, really. It's the beginning of it all. And I found in my own life that the more I pray and worship God in tongues, the more manifestations of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit that I have. So the more we, we yield ourselves to Him, the more we're going to see the Spirit of God move in your life. And so the less I talk in tongues, the less manifestations I have. But speaking with tongues, like I said, I believe is the door into the rest of the spiritual gifts. There's nine spiritual gifts that the Bible talks about. And, and you know what? We, every one of us can operate in them, but we have to do our part. We have to do our part. And I believe that part is praying in tongues and, and keeping, staying filled up. You know, back in 2019, uh, David Wagner was here. And he's a prophet from Tennessee. And one of the things that he, he I've typed up some of the prophetic words that he gave. And one of the things that he said multiple times in the prophetic word was, stay filled up. Stay filled up. Church, we have to stay filled up. Every one of us individually. Every one of us have a joint Every one of us are a joint, and every joint supplies. And so every one of us need to stay filled up with the Holy Spirit. And I believe that we are going to a place. God is taking us to the next level. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to take each one of us pressing in and staying filled up with the Spirit of God if, to, in order to go over and to accomplish what he has for us to do. There's more for us to do. We've had so many, so many, many prophetic words over the years, over this church, over this 30-some years. And, and I believe that we're at, that, we're at a precipice, guys. We're at a place where it's time to go over to the other side. It's time to go over into the promised land. But it's going to take each one of you and, and myself and us corporately doing what God is asking us to do. 
And I just I want to read this prophetic word also that Pastor Steve had about almost a year ago. It was September 19th, 2021. The word, the first word he said was summons. Well, what does the word summons mean? Man, if he's summons, summonsing, if you get summons to court, you better show up, right? Well, if God is saying to us, he's calling us summons, we better show up. We better do our part. It goes on, he says, there's a heavenly summons being issued to this church that in the midst of all impossibilities, we see that are going on in our nation, there is a summons. The kingdom of God is being declared in the earth and people are pressing their way into it. And there's a summons to us today. It's time to rise up. It's time to press our way into the kingdom. It's time not to be distracted. You know, there are so many things in this world that, that distract us, that hold us back from what God has for us. I mean, we can be distracted on social media. We can be distracted with entertainment. We can be distracted with sports. We, you know, there's just so many things that we can be distracted with. But God is saying it's time not to be distracted not to turn to the left or to the right. Jesus is beckoning us to tell us to come, come. Now is the time to take the kingdom. The violent, not, the violent, not physically violent, but the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent press their way into it. And there is a press in the body of Christ right now for people are pressing into the midst of all the chaos. People are pressing their way in. They have their eye on Jesus and they're pressing their way into the kingdom of God and they're doing things that they thought impossible at one time. But with God, there are no impossibilities if we do our thing, but we have to yield to what God is saying. He's summonsing us, guys. He's saying, I'm summoning you today to come. He told us that a year ago. What have we done with it? You know, in Timothy, it says to do a good warfare. Take those words and war a warfare with those words that he's given us. It's time for war. It's time to rise up and to be the warriors that God's called us to be. It's not time to lay back. It's not time to be complacent. It's time to press into the kingdom. It's time to get violent in the spirit realm. It's, it's time, it's time, church. It's time, amen, it's time. Hallelujah. So in Acts 2, 4, it says, They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. And so that's what, that's what speaking in, in tongues is. So the first thing, it's the initial sign. The second thing, it's for spiritual edification. 1 Corinthians 14.4, the one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress, while the one who prophesies builds up the church. So in writing to the church in Corinth, Paul encouraged them to continue the practice of speaking with other tongues in their worship of God and in their prayer lives. And that's what I'm encouraging you today. I'm encouraging you to use the, the gift that God has given you. It's a powerful, powerful gift. And... Uh, the Greek word edified means, it means to charge. That's what edify means, to charge. And so it's like charging our battery. And so when we use that gift of tongues, we're charging ourselves up. We're charging our, our, our faith. And so we're, you know, in the spiritual realm, we're being charged up as we pray in tongues. And so he that speaks in an un unknown tongue edifies himself. You're edifying yourself. You're building yourself up like you, like a battery, like you're recharging a battery. First Corinthians 14, 2, it says, When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands a word he says because he's not speaking to people but to God. He's speaking intimate mysteries in the, in the Spirit. Think about that. We speak mysteries in the Spirit when we speak in tongues. We're speaking mysteries. The third reason to pray in tongues is uh, it reminds us of the Spirit's indwelling presence. He's, you know, it reminds us that he's on the inside of us. In John 14, 16 and 17, it says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend. 
like I said, the Holy Spirit is a friend. He's our friend, just, just like Jesus is our friend. And he will never leave you. The Holy Spirit will never leave us. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. And so, um, so continuing to pray, pray and worship God in tongues helps us to be ever conscious of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So if, so if I can be conscious of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit every day, it's going to change my life, right? It's going to change my life. If I know he's on the inside, there's probably things that, you know, everywhere you go, you're taking him with you, right? Everywhere you go. And you, and he can, you can hear his voice. He's on the inside of you. You can talk to him. You can have a conversation. I just remembered a time when I was... Uh, a while back, I was going to meet a friend over in Herman. That's where I grew up. And I was going to meet her at the bar. And I mean, I didn't, I was, you know, it was, I, I didn't plan to drink, but I was just going to go in and have a, have a drink with her or have a Coke, whatever. Anyway, I got halfway across the street and I heard the Holy Spirit say, don't go in there. I mean, it stopped me dead in my tracks. It's almost like, a, uh, like an audible voice saying, don't go in there. Okay, so, so anyway, I turned around and went back to my vehicle and called my friend and said I won't be coming, coming there. And I think what it was, there had to have been someone or that I was going to, someone that I knew probably, I was going to ruin my witness or whatever it was. But anyway, the Holy Spirit will, so he can stop us in things. And he, you know, I, I don't know what would have happened had I gone in. I don't know what the deal was. But, but anyway... Um, but we can hear his voice because he's in us. He's, he's, he's our friend. He dwells on the inside of us. So number four, praying in tongues is praying in line with God's perfect will. We can pray in God's perfect will when we pray in tongues. And so I don't know about you, but I didn't know what God's perfect will was for me. And, I, you know, and what's next, I don't know, but I can pray in tongues, and I believe that he will show me, he will tell me what's next because he, he's on the inside of me. And uh, eight, Romans 8, 26 and 27, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do, know, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So he's our helper. He helps us. He gives us direction for our lives. And you know... Um, so, I know many of you have probably heard this multiple times, but 30-some years ago, I was working over in a, at the grain elevator over in Herman, and I loved my job there. I worked with guys, and I got to know many farmers and, and whatever. But one day, while praying in tongues out of my own mouth, I said, quit your job. And I was like, no, I don't want to quit my job. I'm a, I was like, whoa, where'd that come from? I kind of, well, what was that? And, uh, but... But it took me two years I, because I loved that job and I loved the guys I worked with and, and it was and we had just purchased our home in Elbow Lake and I talked to Gary and he said no you can't quit your job he said we need we need that money he said you can't quit and so I was like oh no what am I gonna do God he he says I can't and and so anyway I just kept praying I kept praying okay and 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 not only that I loved my job I wanted to go to that job and I was blessed at that job but. But one day, after two, it took two years. So God's timing is another thing. We have to be, you know, God's timing and things. So it took two years, and two years later, I couldn't stand going to that job one more day. I was like, I, can't, I just can't do this anymore. And so I went, I said, Gary, I cannot. I just can't do this anymore. So he finally said, I said, okay, well, then quit. And so I quit my job on a Friday. The following Tuesday, we had prayer here at the church, and Pastor Steve said he wanted to talk to me after, after prayer meeting. And, and my, my thing was, well, boy, what, the pastor wants to talk, what did I do wrong? <laughs> was my thought. And anyway, um, anyway, he asked me to come and work here at the church. And that was the desire that God had put in my heart. I wanted to be at the church. But I didn't know how that was going to happen, but he did. The Holy Spirit knew. And so he just, you know, he sets things up like that for us when we pray in the Spirit. And so he's our helper. Uh, he'll take hold with us. Um, 
so when we when you pray in tongues it's your spirit praying by the holy spirit within you and he and you're you're praying in line with god's perfect will and i i saw uh you know more than once i've seen god move on my behalf for his perfect will to be done and not only not only for my life but for my 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 son and my daughter's lives i mean i i did a lot of praying in tongues over their lives because i didn't know what god had for them and now they're both here my daughter's here married to matt and my son's here chad married to shannon and uh you know they're here in the ministry working in the working in the church or you know on not on staff but working in the church volunteering in the church and uh my 11 grandchildren are here and i believe it's all because i prayed in tongues and god worked on my behalf number five praying in tongues stimulates our faith i think that's a very familiar verse Jude 20 uh, but you my delightfully loved loved friends constantly and progressively build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith by praying every moment in the spirit so you build up build yourself up edify yourself as it said in, in another one but but uh, build yourself up in faith number six speaking in tongues is a means of keeping free from worldly contamination yeah, I mean, isn't that the truth? So if 1 Corinthians 14, 27, it says, if someone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or three, one another with someone interpreting. That's, if, that's a different gift. This is the gift of praying in tongues, but that's a gift of one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. And so there's no one with interpretation, then he should remain silent, con content to speak to himself and to God. Uh, but we're speaking to God when we when we're praying in tongues we're speaking God we're we're uh, but it keeps us from worldly contamination you know I don't know about you but you can be in places where there's people that are not talking very very nicely and you know you can you don't have to pray in tongues all though but but anyway number seven praying in tongues enables us to pray for the unknown we can pray for things that we have not got a clue what's happening in someone's life but we can pray in tongues for that person. God might put somebody on your heart, but you don't know what's going on in that person's life. Well, you can lift them up in prayer in tongues, and the Holy Spirit will move on their behalf. And so it's, it's, it's you know, he can alert us. He will alert us to pray, but then we may not know what to pray for, so we pray in tongues. Uh, several, you know, a while back, I, I woke up in the night, and I, I heard the word, make a way of escape. And I don't know to this day what that was about, but I got up and I began to pray and I began to say, God, make a way of escape. And then I didn't know what was going on, so I prayed in tongues until I felt like I could let it, you know, until I felt like it was okay to go back to, go back to bed. But, um, but anyway, so we can pray for the unknown. Praying in tongues is a spiritual refreshing. It'll refresh us uh, when you pray in tongues. You know, you, it builds you up. It refreshes you. And then number nine, uh, tongues is for giving thanks. We can give thanks well when we speak in tongues. You know, we, 1 Corinthians 14, 15 and 17, it says, What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen of the giving thanks? Seeing, but anyway, so... You verily give thanks well. We can give thanks well when we are doing it in tongues because it's a perfect language. It's God's, you know, we don't know sometimes how to even give thanks, but, but he does. So Paul says, praying in tongues provides the most perfect way to pray and to give thanks. Uh, so in the, in the presence of people who are unlearned, however, Paul said to pray with your understanding, which we all understand that. So the last thing, praying in, in tongues brings the tongue under subjection. And how many know, I mean, I know for myself, I needed my tongue under subjection to the kingdom of God. We need to, so in James 3, 8, it says, but the tongue is not able to be tamed. It's fickle, unrestrained, evil, that spews out words full of toxic poison whoa yeah that's what the, james 3 8 and so but praying in tongues gets our tongue under subjection so that when we don't say the things that we shouldn't be saying and you know i believe there, there's power in our words there's great power in our words you know we there's this in the spiritual realm there are angels and there are demons and with our words i believe we either put god's angels to work 
or we put the demons of hell to work. And so it's so important that we're speaking the right thing, speaking the truth in line with God's word, so that we're putting the right spiritual force to work in our lives and in the lives of our, in the lives of our family members. I mean, sometimes we can say things and then, you know, not good. And so then, you know, break the power in those words in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, I just want to really encourage you that to yield your tongue to the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues. It's a, it, it's, it's, I can't, I can't encourage you enough on how important it is and how life-changing it is to speak in tongues, to pray in tongues. Because we are in a battle. We are in a battle. And if we're going to go to the next thing that God has for us, we have to do our part. And like a, that, that prophetic word, there's a summons. God is summoning, summonsing us to come, come, do your part. Do what, what he's asking us to do. We need to press in. We need to be those, vi we need to get to be those uh, violent people in the, in the spiritual realm. Because John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it to the abundance to the full till it overflows. And that's what God has for each one of us. That's what God has for us corporately. That's what God wants for, for us is to live that abundant life. He wants, you know, it, when you're, another thing when you're speaking in tongues, it says that out of your belly will flow rivers of living water rivers and we have the rivers of living water on the inside of us but it you know we can't keep it within the church we have to take it out there to this lost and dying world that's what that's really what what it's all about we have to be and do what god is asking us to do and so jesus um so anyway i want i just want to encourage you to pray 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 for the church Pray for yourself. Pray, you know, ask the Holy Spirit, what is it you have for me to do? What, you know, where do you want me to go? What do you want me, you know, somebody might be, be called to Africa or who knows where God wants us to go. <laughs> right, Carrie? <laughs> so, um, but anyway, pray in tongues. God will show you. God will give you direction. And those things that are not of him will fall away from your life. Your life will change. I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I look back at my own life, and I just can't, I can't believe, you know, when I talk to other people that I've known years back, I mean, it, they, I'm a different person. So praise God. I mean, but it's a process. We're all in a process growing in the things of God. And so, um, so anyway, so if I get the worship team come. See what time is it? So today, if you're one of those people, if you're one that you had been filled with the Holy Spirit at one time, but you're not using that gift, I just want to encourage you to come on up and get prayer today. Or if you if you're someone who has never had never received the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues come up and receive that gift today. There, if I could get the prayer counselors to come. So I just want to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, that you are summoning us to go to the next level. I thank you, Father God, for the grace to go forward. I thank you for the grace, Father God, to move and to do what you're asking us to do. I thank you for each one, Father God. I thank you for giving each one of us grace, Father. I thank you for giving us, corporately giving us grace in the name of Jesus that we can go forth and do and accomplish what you've asked us to do. I thank you, Father God, that you put us here for such a time as this, that there is a plan and a purpose for this church body, for this church family. And I thank you, Father God, that we'll not miss, we'll not miss what you have for us. I feel like we are on the, we're on the verge of something, something big, the, the, 
revival, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the creative miracles coming into our midst. And, and so, Father God, I thank you that, that we will not back down, but, Father, we will press in and we will press on for the, king, for the things that you have for us. And I just ask you, Father God, I, for, we, we ask you to forgive us for becoming complacent, for not doing our part in Jesus' name. And, and I just thank you again for the grace to move on in Jesus' name. So if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, come on up and, and uh, one of these prayer, these prayer counselors will pray for you. Or if you have any other prayer need, come on up. There's, uh, they'll, they're awesome prayer warriors. And so uh, with that, there's refreshments in the back. Thank you all for coming.